All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want, as long as you got them facts. And we have a bit to get into tonight, uh, mostly on the sports scene. I'm getting through some more uh, election news and candidates and initiatives, so that's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, I want to have that ready for at least a little bit later on this week, so I'm going to have some uh, some news from that part. Uh, I told you guys I wanted to get into at least the California state elections and let you guys know what's going on in my neck of the woods uh, of course I have some YouTube uh, some YouTube projects that I'm gonna be getting into kind of along the same lines but in on the more national level uh, but tonight again we're gonna keep it a little bit simple we're gonna keep it football and baseball we have some college football to go over the new top 25 for the week I'm gonna also be going over some of the t uh, the scores from the top 25 over the weekend also want to get into some NFL uh, action as well uh, week six is in the books I also want to get into a couple of headlines from the league as well and then of course I'll be finishing everything off with an MLB playoff update uh the uh the league divisional series is upon us so uh, well some of the some of those series are wrapped up so we're gonna break all that down uh also have a a, a segment of upon further review i'll be breaking down the film 61 tonight uh it's about roger maris and his home run uh chase and uh, of course that's in reference to your boy uh aaron judge who recently uh broke that record at least for the american league so a bit to get into tonight but like i said keeping it simple a uh, few a uh, few topics tonight but let's go ahead and get into it with some college football we're going to start off with the top 25 and there is a new kid on the block at number 25 making their first appearance this season in, in a quite some time uh but we have Tulane the Green Wave. Uh, they are six and one so far, three and zero, three and zero in conference play right now. Uh, they are thirty third in points per game. Uh, they are okay offensively, fifty uh, eighth overall. But they have a t solid defense, uh, only averaging about fifteen points per game. That's good enough for eleventh in the nation. They're also seventeenth in total defense and tenth versus the pass. Now on that offensive side, uh, one of their key contributors is. Uh, a quarterback, Kyle Pratt, 67% completion percentage, 1,500 yards, 11 to 11 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. So a solid start to the year. Ty J. Sanders, uh, sorry, Ty J. Spears uh, has some support in the running game. 463 yards so far this season and 8 touchdowns. On defense linebacker, Dory Williams, uh, he leads uh, everybody in total in total tackles with 46. He also has 3.5 tackles for loss, a sack, uh, and also three uh, three pass deflections excuse me up next we got safety uh, mason clark with 34 tackles five tackles for loss two interceptions on the year he's also forced to fumble he's also made a fumble recovery so uh, moving on to number 24 we have mississippi state at number 23 we have north carolina state and at number 22 we have a new team on the block as well uh north carolina six and one on the year three and oh in acc play 11th in the nation in scoring with a over 41 points per game. They're also 10th in total offense and 12th in passing. Uh, their their problem right now, though, is uh, defense. They rank 125th, so near the bottom right now. Uh, and they're also averaging about 32 points per game as well in terms of what they're giving up. So they can score a lot, but uh, they can give up a lot. So 
we'll see how this team manages through the course of the season. At number 21, we have Cincinnati at 5-1. At number 20, we have Texas at 5-2. Same thing with Kentucky here at number 19, 5-2 as well. At number 18, we have Illinois. They are 6-1, surprising uh, to me nonetheless but at number 17 we have kansas state five and one another five and one team here uh with penn state i'll be going over their game with michigan in just a second uh we have uh, a pac-12 representative here with utah at number 15 at five and two uh syracuse just keeps uh keeps surprising everybody they're still undefeated uh they are four, uh they are number 14 in the nation uh they have a big game coming up this week uh, this weekend against clemson so uh, we'll be able we'll we'll see just how good this team really is. At number 13, we have White Forest at 5-1. And, and at number 12, we have USC here, 6-1. And, and then now we're getting closer to the top 10. At uh, number 11, we have Oklahoma State and Oregon at number 11. Uh, at number 11 and number 10, respectively. And they're both at 5-1. and one. Uh, Very interesting squads. Oklahoma State took a loss this weekend to TCU. Uh, at 5-1, and one, Oregon is going to be taking on probably their second-best opponent of the year uh, after the Georgia game and UCLA of course I mentioned before Chip Kelly is coming back to town so it's going to be a big deal in Eugene this weekend we'll see uh, what happens I also have a breakdown of this game coming later on in the week at number nine we have UCLA here uh, undefeated at number nine as well as TCU here at number uh, eight uh, they are both six and oh at number seven we have Ole Miss here at seven and oh at number six here we have Bama who's recently taken a loss this weekend we'll be going over that in a second but they are six and one at number six. At number five, we have Clemson still undefeated here. 7-0, and 38 points per game, 5-0 and in conference play. DJ Wongale, I've uh, mentioned it countless times so far. He's pretty much saved this season. Uh, everybody was against him at some point, but over 1,660 yards, 64% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. You can't really say anything bad about the kid. Uh, on defense, they're not that bad either. 29th in total defense, 5th against the run. They're only giving up about 84 yards a game linebacker Bennett Carter uh, is a really uh, well sorry a, a, sorry a, a key piece and all that four tackles for loss he has a pick on the year so far 30 total tackles four pass deflections two uh, two forced fumbles uh, he's in all that they've asked for and then some so at number four we have Michigan again they really impressed me this weekend uh, with that win against Penn State I'll, again I, I'll go over that in just a second at number three we have Tennessee of course at six and oh uh, Michigan, of course, I mentioned is seven and zero. At number two, we have Ohio State at six and zero as well. Forty eight points per game, first in the nation in that stat, second in total offense, first in passing. Uh, sorry, fifth. Uh, sorry, fifteenth in passing and rushing. So they have a, uh, a almost a top ten defense um, in both of those stats. But again, they're putting points on the board in just about every game. You can't stop them. Uh, so far, I mean, well they. They play in a relatively easy conference. I know people don't want to hear that, but we'll see what happens when they get to Michigan. I think that's at this point that's their that's their only real uh, threat. That I well, I said that about Georgia. I'm sorry, I said that about Alabama and Tennessee. So we'll see. Somebody might pop up on this schedule, and maybe they might test the Buckeyes. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, I mean, if the only news coming from this squad is former players getting in trouble, like offensive line Kurt, uh, Kurt Burton or Kurt Barton, 
who was banned from the program from revealing some type of uh, information or in in game uh, in team uh, information and secrets or insider information, whatever. And he got Arch Schlichter. Uh, he gets uh, you know arrested and he's charged for fifth degree felony possession of cocaine. If that's all you got, then I mean shit. <laughs> I mean, they're damn good. That's all they got to worry about. They really ain't got nothing to worry about. So um, all they got to do is keep everybody healthy. I think uh, Smith and Jigba was a little bit slowed down. I think he had like a somewhat of a leg injury, a minor one, over the last couple of weeks. But he's back to normal. Of course, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. there. I mean, what else can you say? I, I mean, outside of the Michigan game, I, I can't even see a, a matchup here that could even, uh, you know, make me question so i got ohio state here they're definitely the top the top uh one of the top two teams in the nation and then finally we have georgia again undefeated um a lot of that is well a lot of them being number one is based off of of course the win they had against us earlier and the fact that they're in the sec uh they love to ride that conference so um Anyways, that is the top twenty-five. Let's get through some. Um, let's get through some. Through some of the scores, so we can kind of get an idea of how uh, how these teams got here. And uh, first things first, uh, we do have Kansas here. Uh, they get. They take a dub, sorry, they take a L here against Oklahoma. Again, I don't think you know. I still think they have a shot to finish in a you know pretty good spot. They're pretty much ball eligible, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but again, just taking an L here to Oklahoma just kind of shows you it don't really matter how great Kansas seems or how down Oklahoma seems or is at the moment. Uh, they're just, you know, it's just one of those matchups where Oklahoma should always get the win. And they do. 52 to 42 is the final score. For Kansas, Jason Bean would go 16 to 27, 265 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Devin Neal will lead the way on the ground with 84 yards and a touchdown. And Kai Thomas will score as well. Uh, we also got Lawrence Arnold, the leading re the leading receiver for the Jayhawks with five receptions, 113 yards. He would also get two touchdowns and tight end more uh, sorry mason fairchild uh will get you six catches for 106 yards and two touchdowns and defensively uh kenny logan uh kenny logan jr will get you 14 total tackles and an exception for oklahoma dylan gabriel will go 29 of 42 for 403 yards two touchdowns he would throw a pick he would score with his legs uh the leading rusher for the sooners uh will be eric ray with 176 yards on the ground two scores and javante barnes will get you 69 rushing yards and two touchdowns marvin men's will be the, uh, the team's leading receiver nine catches and over 100 yards Braden willis will get five receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown as well and then linebackers uh david uh david ugoe will get you uh eight total tackles and a sack and uh deshaun white will get you eight total tackles and an interception now uh penn state you know they went on the road to michigan um i told y'all going into the week I, I well i don't know what to make of michigan until i saw this game i thought this would be one of their you know one of their toughest tags so far they made it look relatively easy the wolverines got the win 41 uh to 17 of course as we mentioned michigan stays undefeated at 7-0 penn state 5-1 uh another bad game from sean clifford on the center for the for the lions the mitney lions excuse me uh 7-19 120 yards trash uh kate uh kaden allen would have a rushing touchdown and linebacker curtis jacobs uh would try to do his thing on the defensive end five total tackles 
tackles and an interception. Uh, but it would go only, uh, but they would only go on to have a, a sorry 268 total yards of offense. So they ain't gonna get it done. Only 17 points. Uh, Michigan just seemed to be firing on all cylinders. JJ McCarthy didn't have a perfect game. 17 to 24, 145 yards and an interception. Donovan Edwards, uh, 173 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Definite. Um, Definite help there. Blake Corum, their backup, had 166 yards on the ground and also two touchdowns. So the running game showed up. The defense showed up. J.J. McCarthy did it, but they still get the blowout win. As I mentioned, uh, TCU, uh, they will go down this weekend to, sorry, they would uh, get the win this weekend over Oklahoma State. 43-40 to 40, uh, was the final in uh, overtime. And um, Syracuse, like I mentioned, the 6-0 and uh, to start the year, you know, very surprising. Uh, but again, they got a solid win over the weekend against NC State. Again, another team in the top 25. The final score was 24-9 to uh, for North Carolina State. Of course, Devin Leary has been out for a while. I think he's going to be out for a minute. Uh, so they've been back. They've been, you know, they had their backups. Uh, Jack Chamber will go 18-30 uh, for 168 yards. Uh, we'd also have 58 rushing yards. Uh, the Wolfpack would go on to have 255 yards in total. So, you know, not much to speak of there on just 3.7 yards per play. On defense, we have uh, defensive back Tanner Engel. Uh, he would come up with seven total tackles and, uh, of course, an interception. For Syracuse, Garrett Trader would go 16-25 to 25 for 210 yards. He would have two touchdowns and two interceptions. Sean Tucker would do his thing on the ground with 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rondé Gatson, the second. Again, uh, this is one. This is another guy with, uh, with a pops that has NFL roots uh his dad uh, played for the the uh, cowboys and the dolphins as well uh but eight receptions from the sun 141 yards also two touchdowns on defense uh mike uh mike jones uh will get you seven total tackles and an interception and uh, marlo wax got you 10 total tackles as i mentioned uh alabama will take the loss this weekend they will go out to knoxville uh this is it well they took a loss last year to um if I'm not mistaken, Texas A&M as well. So, again, I mean, every now and again, they have a little hiccup. So, we'll see what happens. But the final score uh, from Knoxville was 49-52, to 52, like I said, in favor of the Volunteers. For Bama, Bryce Young will still do his thing. 300, uh, sorry, 455 yards, 35-52, of 52, two touchdowns. Uh, Jameer Gibbs uh, would have 103 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And Cameron Latu, the tight end, will be the team's leading receiver. Six catches, uh, six catches, excuse me, 90 yards and a touchdown. And Jakari, Jakori, uh, oh man, I don't have his last name here, but uh, Jakori, he will score as well. Defensive back DeMarco Helms, uh, he would do his thing, 10 total tackles and interception. And that's, you know, that's making it, that's stretching because, again, that defense gave up 49 points, which is not indicative of Nick Saban defenses. They gave up 567 total yards of offense. They also had 17 penalties. So, no excuses. Uh, Alabama played very sloppy. Uh, they let Tennessee uh, remain in the game throughout the t throughout, and uh, this is what happens. You left the food on the table. Uh, Hendon Hooker will go 21 to 30, 385 yards, five touchdowns to just one interception. Jabari Small and also Pr uh, Princeton uh, Fant would have rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Hyatt uh, would have uh, six receptions for 207 yards. He would catch all the all the touchdown passes. And uh, defensive back Trayvon Flowers get you 12 total tackles and defensive lineman Amari Thomas uh, will get you a sack. Now another game um, 
that I do want to get to before I let you guys go. Uh, USC, uh, they're not, I forgot, they're not undefeated. They did take their first loss of the year. They ended up coming short, uh, coming up short by one to Utah. Final score 42 to 43. Again, a little bit surprising because of just the way that Utah has played uh, recently. But again, they, they stunned USC. Caleb Williams would go 25 of 42, 381 yards from him, uh, five touchdowns. Travis Dye would have 67 yards, sorry, 76 yards on the ground. He would also score. Mario Williams would have four catches for 145 yards. And Jordan Addison would get you seven catches, 106 yards. He would also score as well. And tight end Josh Follow uh, would also score uh, with two receiving touchdowns. Uh, for Utah, that would force four sacks. So again, getting to the quarterback. Although, you know, again, you have a, a lot of points being scored, you know, that's a, that's something positive to say about the defenses. Uh, but Cam Rising would go 29 of 43 in the center, 415 yards. Uh, he would throw a couple touchdown passes, but he would also have 60 yards uh, rushing and also uh, three touchdowns. Um, Micah, sorry, he would be the team's in rusher as well, but Micah Bertrand, sorry, Micah Bernard uh, would end up scoring on the ground as well. Titan Dalton uh, King K would be the team's in a receiver. Uh, 10, sorry, 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 15 receptions from him not 10 15 receptions 217 yards and a touchdown uh we also got donovan bailey uh with five catches from him 62 yards he would also score and safety raj hubbard would get your eight total tackles so uh again it's been a while it was a wild week in college football it's a wild weekend and uh we kind of see it being reflected in the top 25 uh james madison suffered their first loss over the weekend so again uh they got kicked out to make a uh, for Tulane, so uh, things happen by the week, you know, every, every, any given Saturday, I know they say any given Sunday, but any given Saturday as well, something crazy can happen, so uh, with that being said, let's move on to the NFL, of course, week six uh, is wrapped up, we're going to go through the scoreboard real quick, Thursday night, uh, we'll start off with a uh, very ugly, boring game between the Commanders and the Bears, we'll talk more about the Commanders in just a second, but they get the win, albeit very ugly, ugly <laughs> 12 to 7 was the final score it wasn't worth watching uh man it was just just ugly i know people like defensive games sometimes but it was just really inepitent and in, in, no impotent offenses and if i'm not mistaken carson wins uh i think sprained uh finger or wrist so he's gonna be out four to six weeks all bad all bad uh but anyways we got the giants uh they uh, maintain their hot start in the year they get a victory over the ravens 24 to 20 uh they move on to five and one the year the ravens are three and three uh for the ravens lamar jackson will go 17 to 32 for 210 yards he would throw a touchdown but he would throw a pick he also lead the team no he would also have 77 rushing yards, but not lead the team because that would be Kenyon Drake with 119 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Of course, tight end Mark Andrews is one of Jackson's uh, main targets. This game wasn't different. Uh, seven receptions from him, 106 yards. He would end up scoring. And Patrick Queen uh, showing up on defensive end, seven total tackles. He would also get a sack. Now, moving on to New York, the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, would lead the way with 19, going 19 to 27. 
173 yards and also two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley uh, would score on the ground as well and would lead the team with 83 yards rushing. Uh, both of their defensive, well, two of their defensive backs would, do, would, would show out, in my opinion. Uh, Fabian Moreau would get you eight total tackles Sunday, and also defensive back Julian Love will get you five total tackles and an interception. For Baltimore, uh, this was a strange game because they were outgore, out, outgore, but outgained the Giants 406 to 230. Uh, however, they were four and ten on third down. They would also give up ten penalties. So, again, you know you gotta you gotta play a really good game. You can't play sloppy. Uh, you know it gives away you know possessions or you know just fucks up field position. And they couldn't hold on to the ball to you know continue drives. It looks like four and ten on third downs. That ain't gonna get it done. Uh, let's move on. We have some AFC South action with the Colts. Uh, they end up getting a win against the Jaguars here, 34 to 27. We have the Patriots here uh, getting the win here against the Browns, 38 to 15. Quite convincingly, might I add. Uh, the Patriots are three and three on the year. The Browns are two and four. But the Patriots, Bailey Zapp will go 24 of 34, 309 yards. He would throw two touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson got you 76 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Tyquan Thornton. Uh, was essential to this offense uh, rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown from him and, and defensively Kyle Duggar will get you 8 total tackles and a pick and defensive end uh, Dietrich Weiss Jr. will get you 4 total tackles and a sack. They'd also go on to force 4 turnovers for the Browns Jacoby Brissett um not too, nah, it didn't look too good uh, under center yesterday. 21 of 45, 266 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would throw two picks. Uh, the Browns would only have 70 rush, uh, seventy total rushing yards. So, again, not much to be desired, uh, you know, offensively. Uh, but Miles Garrett does his thing defensively, as he normally does. Two sacks uh, from him. Uh, moving on, of course, we have a few more scores to go over. We got uh, the... The Bengals, they get the win here against the Saints. 30 to 26 is the final score. The Bengals are three and three on the year. The Saints move to two and four. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow will go 28 to 37, 300 yards from him. He would score on the ground. He would score three touchdowns to the air. Awesome game from him. Jamar Chase, seven uh, catches, 132 yards. He would be the recipient of two touchdown uh, passes from Mr. Burrow. Jermaine Pratt would do his thing defensively, 14 total tackles and B.J. Hill will get you six total tackles and a sack on top of that. For the Saints, Andy Dalton will go 17-32, 162 yards. Also a touchdown, Adam Kamara. He would have 99 yards on the ground. Rashad Shahid, no, Rashid Shahid, excuse me, 44 yards on the ground and a rush. Sorry, 44 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And defensively, DeMarco Davis will get you nine total tackles and two sacks. We got the Steelers. They get it done by two against the Buccaneers, 20 to 18. We got the Falcons. They get an upset win against the Niners, 28 to 14. Uh, we also got the Packers. Uh, they take an L here. Surprising. Uh, this time to the Jets. Even more surprising. Final score, 27-10. I think that's even more surprising. The Jets are 4-2. Surprising all the way. I would not be expecting this to see this from his team. Okay, uh, the Packers are 3-3. Three three. Let's break down the Jets. The sweet life of Zach and Cody Wilson, 10-18, 110. But he wants to pork somebody's mom. 
focus on football, son. Focus on football. I don't like that. I don't like that stat line. Brees Hall, 116 yards, uh, ten, a touchdown from him. He's looking good in his uh. And it, well, this is his second year, I think. But he's looking solid. He's looking solid. Braxton Berrios, a receiving touchdown from him. Uh, the thing about the Jets, though, is that they were one and ten on third down, but still put up, you know, you know, you know, a decent amount of points. Um, I don't know what to say about the Packers, other than they have a they, they suck on defense. Let's just be honest; they've sucked on defense for a while. Quincy Williams got you 11 total tackles for the Jets, and then Quentin Williams got you five total tackles and two sacks uh, for go. Uh, so about to say Golden Bay. I don't know why the fuck I was gonna say Golden. I think about Golden State. <laughs> gold. Gonna say it again. Goddamn it, Green Bay. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, 26 of 41, 246 yards. He would score, but I mean, who cares when you when you lose 27 to 10 to the Jets, sir? Damn. AJ Dillon, 41 yards to the ground, only 70 total rushing yards from the Packers. Paul Horning would be, and Jim Taylor, they're turning their grave. They're they're disappointed in you motherfuckers right now. And then Rashawn Gary, he shows up on defense. Four total tackles. I mean, if you want to say that. Four total tackles. He will get a sack. Again, this team gave up 27 points to the Jets in the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Uh, oh, man. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Packers. Uh, we got the Panthers. They take another loss here to the Rams, 24-10. to 10. Uh, We had the Seahawks here. They get a win here uh, against the Cardinals. They look all right this year, that being Seattle. Uh, they're currently 500 at 3-3. Three and three. The Cardinals are 2-4. and four. A lot of 2-4 and four teams out here. A lot of 500 teams out here this year. Damn, man. What the fuck is up? Kyler Murray will go 23-37, 222 yards. He would score through the air. He also lead the team on the ground with 100 yards on the ground we also have zach he's a lego maniac Ertz, seven catches for 70 yards zavin collins did his thing defensively nine total tackles and two sacks uh but uh seattle was outgained uh 315 to 296 so i don't understand it's just like the situation in the baltimore game uh except for you know the arizona didn't really gain you know they really didn't uh do too much you know, per play, they only got like four yards per play. Uh, but they were also four and sixteen on third down too, so they struggled just like Baltimore as well. They struggled on third down despite outgaining their opponent. They also won for five on fourth. Uh, they would also give up five sacks. So, uh, uh, Cardinals, they suck as usual. Geno Smith, twenty of thirty-one, one hundred thirty-seven yards. He didn't score, but he didn't look bad, and he didn't cost the team the game. So, hey, can you say? Game Manager of the Week Award. Uh, moving on, we got Kenneth Walker, 97 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Ryan Neal will get you seven total tackles in the sack. And Tariq Woolen uh, got you five total tackles in an interception. And give a big thank you if you are a Seattle fan to kicker Jason Myers, accounting for 13 total points, 4-4 on the field goal front. Basically gave you guys your offense. So uh, make sure you pat him on the back going into the week. You give him some love because, yeah, that was that was pretty much yeah the final, pretty much the you know deciding factor. So let's move on. We have a a prime time AFC matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills they get it done twenty four to twenty. The Bills move to five and one. The Chiefs are four and two. For Buffalo, Josh Allen will go twenty seven of forty three hundred and twenty nine yards. He would throw two. 
three touchdown passes. Devin Singletary would have 85 yards on the ground. The team's leading rusher for that game. Stephon Diggs, who seems to be in his element, he's basically telling us that, you know, Josh Allen is the Riggs to his Murtaugh. And I'm feeling it. I'm loving it, man. Just do your thing, man. Uh, you know, 148 receiving yards from your boy. A touchdown. Gabe Davis even showed up. He had three catches for 74 yards on the touchdown. He must like Josh Allen, too. It's a love affair. It's all good in Buffalo. The mafia has, you know, it's a commission. You know, um, you know, with the Don Josh Allen you know, and the underboss Stefan Diggs. I mean, it's it's looking it's looking quite ugly. I think this might be my backup team next to my Raiders. I, I gotta I love him. I love it. I love it right now. And I just this guy these guys don't win a lot. So at least in the past. So I gotta root for the under I always feel like they was the underdog for a long time. So now I get to be like, yeah, they look pretty damn good. I and I liked watching how they became good. So I gotta root for them. Particularly when they playing the bitch ass Chiefs. Yes I said it. But anyways, I gotta have love I gotta have some respect for Patrick Mahomes. I can't just be just out just this just, just calling everybody bitches. Patrick Mahomes, you know, 25 or 40. I would have loved to see him in, in silver and black, but, you know, circumstances is what it is. 25 or 40, 332 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but you are a chief, so I got to say, you lost. You lost. Juju Smith-Schuster, five catches with 117 yards. He would have a score as well. Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 108 yards. I believe he scored as well, doing damage. Chris Jones got you a sack. Nick, Nick Bolton got you 13 total tackles. You know, but my boys, the Mafia, you know, the Bills, they had to take, they had to control Western New York. You know what I'm saying? It's a commission out, out there. You know, they just doing it, you know. And uh, they looking like they're going to be a prime AFC team. Uh, they definitely, in my opinion, I don't know what goes down with Miami. Uh, you have some issues with Tua, of course. Uh, that puts them in limbo. Uh, we got, you know, at least in their division, they sh it should be winnable. You don't, I mean, again, you don't even know what's going to happen at the quarterback position with the Patriots right now. You're hearing from some people in certain circles. They're like, hey, you know, you got your boy here, Bailey Zappi, 1950s name. We like him. He's good. And I'm telling you, I mean, I saw him in college. They ran, you know, he could throw. So, hey, but, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, work with all that. You got to, you know, you know, you got to contend with. You know, the Bills. I don't think he's ready for Josh and them. I'm telling you. He's going to make y'all an offer he can't refuse. Y'all can't refuse, okay? Now, the Jets might look good right now, but I'm telling you, they're going to be sleeping with the fishes come week seven, week eight, week about week six right now. Give them about week nine. They're going to be sleeping with the fishes. If they go, I'm telling you, sweet terms of, oh, he's going to win them a suit. No, he averaged like him. Look at them. I'm telling you. Go down to history. He's going to have average numbers comparatively. I know. I know what y'all going to say. You crazy. You crazy, Jamal. No, I'm not. I know what I'm talking about. Let's move on to the NFC primetime matchup. We get the Eagles taking off against the, the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? They lost. 26-17. to <laughs> uh, Eagles stay undefeated. The Cowboys drop to 4-2. and two. Um, I believe uh, the Giants are the clear second in that division right now. So, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> Cooper Rush, 18-38. 181 yards. Touchdown, three interceptions. They can't, I'm telling you right now. Them boys can't wait. 
for Dak to come back. Please, Dak, where are you, boy? We need you, boy. Come on, come on on the center. I know Jerry Jones, he's waiting. Is he healthy? Is is he, is, is he just healthy to play? Can you tell me his stat? Can he play this weekend? We need him. We don't, I, Cooper was, he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a, he, he has a great smile and a, and a spirit of excellence. But God, gosh darn it, we're, we're just going to need Dak. Is he healthy? Is he ready to go? Well, let's hope and see. <laughs> let's hope and see. Now, Zeke did his thing on the ground. He would score 81 yards and had 81 yards. And defensively, Malik Hooker would have 12 total uh, tackles. Now, for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. I've been down on him before. And, um... I'm gonna take a look at the stat line and just tell y'all right now. I'm still like, I, I'm iffy, but he got the win for 15 to 25 for 155 yards. Uh, uh, give me, give me like 250, and I'll be, and I'll be okay with him. 155 yards ain't shit to me, but um, you know, all right, <laughs> all right, whatever. Miles Sanders, 71 yards on the ground, he would score. Sauce Garner, the the rookie. Two picks, you know what I'm saying? So they got they got some things going on for them. They got some things going for them. Uh, we also got TJ Edwards. He would get you 14 total tackles. Uh, all together, uh, the Eagles, uh, they seem to have, you know, found their footing. Um, Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying he's MVP, but he's not costing them games. So, again, I would say elevated game manager because he scored a couple touchdowns, maybe, you know. So they look alright. You know, I ain't gonna hate too. I ain't gonna hate, you know, shit. I ain't gonna talk no shit. They won, right? Alright, well, let's move on. And we go to Monday night football. Broncos country. <laughs> let's ride. Lost again. Lost again, motherfucker. Lost again. <laughs> <laughs> this time by three in overtime to their dreaded rivals, the Chargers. I hate the Chargers too now, y'all. So I understand. I understand. But boy, oh boy. I don't even want to look at the stat line. <laughs> I know that, but I don't even want to look at the stat line. <laughs> oh, man. Broncos. What, what y'all going to do, bro? Let's ride. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the headlines. Just a couple little brief ones. We're just going to kind of breeze through these real quick. First things first, the Cardinals and the Panthers, they do some business. They make a trade. Wide receiver Robbie Anderson finds himself in the confines of Arizona uh, for undisclosed uh, draft pick, which probably means it ain't important. It's probably like a really, like, Late round draft pick. Don't nobody give a fuck about. Uh, but um, yeah, so he's been traded. Of course, um, this weekend everybody knows about what happened with him getting to this big ass argument with the Rob receivers coach. Obviously, he's been in a mood lately. He ain't been fran- fans of the, the past two quarterbacks that they even brought in. You know, you know Donald, Sam Donald, and then your boy Baker. You know, you know why they call him Baker, right? Because he's a turn. He makes turnovers. Okay, and he's just been very unhappy. And I understand because when you got Baker, and then Sam, I see, <laughs> I see dead people. 
throwing you the ball, man. I get it. I mean, it's showing up in the stats. In 39 games, let's be serious. Let me be real for a little bit. <laughs> in his 39 games to the team, he had 161 yards over uh, 1,800 yards and just nine touchdowns. So, again, we can see it, it's obviously not – it hasn't been working for him in this in this area. I mean, in this uh, – on the squad. So, um, you know, and it, and it sucks because – you know, you had Cam Newton there, too. He sucked after a certain point in time. He just can't throw the ball like he used to. You know, I'm not going to say the word sucks. I know it hurts people's feelings. So, um, you know, but he's just, you know, these quarterbacks just haven't been playing up to they, you know, they standard or, they, you know, what they were, you know, potentially set out to do. And, you know, it affects the raw receivers, too, because they got to catch these you know, passes from these guys. So, you know, just imagine if, you know, Antonio Brown had a guy like this. You think you'd ever? You, you think you'd be talking about this guy the way that you know? You think you if if um if a if Antonio Brown had the, had the quarterbacks that Robbie Anderson had, you wouldn't even be talking about that dude. You know what I'm saying? So it it does kind of suck. Um, does it does it you know does it help him out to go to you know Arizona? Uh, you know on the outside looking in, just kind of just thinking about it. You know, without any real context right off the top of my head, looking at their stats, looking at whatever, I would say, yeah, because he's a receiver. And, you know, you know, Kyler Murray is objectively better than, you know, any quarterback that, you know, they've had outside of Cam Newton in 2015. Now, just in that one season, 2015, yeah, he's pretty much better. So, I mean, you know, I don't. You know, you have to wait and see. You know, he has to get used to whatever this team runs offensively, so on and so forth. He has to learn how to click with Kyler Murray. But there's an opportunity that he can be a little bit better. He can do a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, hats off to him. Hopefully, you know, things go better for him. But, you know, he's out of he's out of Carolina. Now, let's move on. We have the commanders uh, already in trouble with the law. Now, Dan Snyder has been under investigation by the D.C. Attorney General, uh, Carl Racine, for financial impropriety. Now, this includes underreporting ticket sales for tax benefits. Now, this is one example. It's a whole bunch more, but that's one of the examples. Now, back in February, he had to face uh, a Congress, you know, pretty much a hearing with Congress, which led to even more investigation. So, this man just got investigation, 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 and they still ain't found really nothing yet to just tell him to fuck off so i don't know what they're doing i don't know what's gonna ever be done he looks like trump he he seems to be like trump he just keep getting out of this keep getting out of that keep getting out of that i don't know what to tell y'all maybe just maybe this might be enough to piss off the owners to the point where they'll tell him to you know sell your team or they're gonna vote him uh, off of his ownership we'll see what happens uh so you know again we've talked about how they have a you know they've had you know many uh violations of sexual uh you know they have many accusations of sexual misconduct and just a, you know just a despicable workplace all type of shit you know who knows what this investigation lead to you know maybe just maybe like i said it might even lead to i don't know i don't know i mean but if you once you get the, the, the attorney general involved I mean, you think there'd be some charges or something? You know, you think. Maybe. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're breaking down some baseball. Of course, I have a, you know, the playoff update. We're going to get through the LDS and all that. And then, of course, like I said, I have my uh, upon further review segment. All right, y'all. I will be right back. Hey, 
tag, tag. I said, tag, tag, tag. Me out. To the ball. Gang. Tag. I said, tag, tag. Me out with the crowd. Now buy me some peanuts. Buy me some peanuts. The buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. Buy me. All right, y'all. I'm back. I'm gonna wrap this up for tonight. And first things first, I'm gonna get into MLB playoff update and then of course i have a new segment of upon further review so let's go ahead and get into it and uh first things first one of the easiest matchups so far of course in the wild card round was the astral sweep of the mariners uh they get it done three games of course three games to zip there's only five games in the first round, but uh, in that game three uh, was a really just a pitching slugfest going 18 innings with the Mariners fighting for their lives, uh, but unfortunately uh, they do not get it done coming up again just short one zip was the final score for Houston uh, Jeremy Pena will get a walk off home run to seal the deal that was it that was all the offense that was needed uh, just uh, you know again a good showcase of pitching for both squads Lance McCullers Jr. he will put in six innings of work giving up two hits uh, seven K's of course no earned runs uh, Luis Garcia was given the win though uh, five innings uh, six strikeouts from him only giving up two hits for Seattle. Seven total hits, but zero for eight with runners in scoring positions. So they just could not get the runs on the board. Again, neither team could up until, of course, the 18th inning. Uh, George Kirby would get the start for the Mariners going seven innings, uh, giving up six hits. Uh, but he would have uh, five strikeouts and, of course, no earned runs from him. Uh, throughout the rest of the way, uh, the Mariners would go to their bullpen course. Uh, they were going to have to, you know, stretch this series out. So they didn't want to get anybody too uh, tired or too worn out, of course. Like I said, they got it. They would. Well, they were attempting to stretch this one out, uh, but they just came up a little bit short. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, a good regular season for them, you know, goes down the tube. Uh, but again, I think they turned a lot of heads and uh, it just it just goes to show you just how complete of a team uh, Houston is, you know, just pitching galore in this one. Uh, like I mentioned in last McCullers, six innings. Uh, we also got five innings from Luis Garcia. Really good work. Zero runs between the both of them. Uh, they would give up a few hits, though. Actually, no, only four hits between the two of them. So, you know, and they combined for 13 strikeouts. So, again, you know, Houston can score. Houston can, you know, Houston obviously has a great pitching staff. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough tough role for whoever matches up against them in any round uh, but let's move on to the NLDS we do have some surprises here uh, the Phillies get the best of the Braves of course they got the gentlemen sweep pretty much uh, the, the Padres as well but upsets nonetheless uh, in that game four for the Phillies they get it done eight to three versus Atlanta uh, of course uh, three one 
you know, that's how they clinch it. It's five games in the first round for the ALDS and LD, NLDS, respectively. But uh, for Atlanta, uh, Orlando Arcia and also Travis, they are not, oh, as well as Matt Olson. Almost forgot about that. They all will get homers. Uh, but Charlie Morton, uh, he would start off kind of rocky. He just would last for two innings, four hits, three strikeouts, and he just uh, set the precedent for the rest of the bullpen, the rest of the pitching staff. They just could not get it done. And for Philadelphia, Brandon March would get you a three-run home run of the second. JT Real Muto, Bryce Harper would also get you home runs. Uh, Real Muto would, uh, would get another, uh, would drive in another run after that. Uh, this was Bryce Harper's third home run of the postseason as well. So he's looking potent offensively. Uh, looks like the Braves altogether looking, you know, really good offensively. As far as pitching, pitching for them goes, Noah Syndergaard will get the start. His, uh, his first playoff start in a while now. Uh, but he would go for about three innings. Of course, they kind of work, trying to work his way back. Uh, he's been out for a while trying to, you know, get himself, you know, ready just for, you know, game, real, you know, real game time. But uh, he gave up a run, but he would have three strikeouts. Again, only going for about three innings. So pretty solid, uh, you know, uh, pretty solid outing from him. Brad Hand would get the win. So, you know, a bullpen effort to say the least for the Phillies, but they got it done. And this is their first NLCS appearance uh, since 2010. So they're going to ride that streak. Uh, the same thing with the next team here, the Dodgers, I mean, sorry, the Padres here. Uh, they get the upset uh, pretty much, like I said, gentlemen's sweep 3-1 5-3 was the final score in game four for LA uh you know Freddie Freeman he tried to do his thing he would drive in two runs Will Smith he would try to slap in a run uh but on the mound you know a lot to be desired uh but Ty Anderson you know he did have a good start he went for five innings uh, kept the Dodgers in the game for the most part uh, had six strikeouts on just two hits uh, he gave up but for the bullpen they gave up five runs so it, that you know they pretty much blew open the game uh, you know Yancy El Monte would have a blown save so they had a chance but they just they just couldn't pull through and uh, again another great regular season for a team like this historic almost regular season for a team like this and they just completely fall off and this is this is just one of their trends. Wow, uh, it's 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 a, it's a it's a sight to see sometimes. Uh, but for the Padres, Jake Conerworth would have two RBIs. Uh, Juan Soto and Austin Nola will both bring in some runs as well. Joe Musgrove gets a good start on the mound, six innings, uh, six hits, uh, but only gave up two runs, and he also had eight. Uh, eight strikeouts. Uh, Tim Hill will pick up the win with Josh Hader picking up the save, his third of the postseason. So it looks like uh, this team is working on all cylinders as well. I got it. I got to hand it to them. Uh, we have the Yankees. Uh, they were supposed to have their game five with the Guardians tonight, uh, but that has been canceled due to inclement weather. Uh, that's been the trend of that series so far. They've had at least, I think this is their second game that's been affected due to that. Uh, but but they did well. They did tie the series uh, two to two. Uh, their last game, of course, uh, they got the win four to two. Uh, for that, uh, in that game, uh, they were led by Harrison Bader, who got him a two-run home run in the second. Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton would get a, a RBI as well. Garrett Cole would get his second win of the postseason, seven innings of work. Uh, he would give up six hits, but only two earned runs. He would also have eight strikeouts. Wendy Peralta would get you a save on top of that. And for the Guardians, Josh Naylor would get a solo home run. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Cal Quantrill, sorry, uh, so, sorry, Jose Ramirez uh, would bring in an RBI as well. Let me take that take that back. Josh Naylor got you a solo home run. Jose Ramirez got an RBI. 
uh, Cal Quantrill. He takes the loss here. His second of the postseason hasn't been able to get a win yet. Uh, five innings, three earned runs, three strikeouts. Uh, you know, not not a terrible outing, but again, with the lack of run support, you know, it's going to hold them back. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the final game is going to be in the Bronx. And I know, you know, home field advantage, I don't know how – I don't know how deep it is in baseball, but I I don't think I'd want to play in New York for a game five. That would be me. It's just going to be crazy. Uh, even for a baseball crowd, Spike Lee obviously is going to be there. You know, he had to switch out of his orange and blue to put on the, you know, the pinstripes to feel happy. I understand. You want to rock with a winner. I know. I know. That's why my Dod- the Dodgers are my second team next to the A's. Oh, God. Woof. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I know. I know. Laugh all you want. But so far, so good. Interesting playoffs. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it's very interesting, particularly with the upsets we just had. Can either one of these teams stay hot? Um, I personally do not want to bet against the Astros. I know uh, they've been through so much. They've been a team that's that's cheated and all that. It looks like they never even had. I keep trying to tell you, I don't even think they ever had to. It was just egregious for, for them to even have to do all that. Like, come on, y'all obviously are pretty damn good regardless. God damn, just uh, it's gonna be hard. I, I I I can't I can't root against them in the AL. Um, it'll be I don't know what'll happen. I, it, it'll it'll all depend on who they face in the World Series. To you know to really kind of for me to root against them there. Um, maybe a hot team from the NL might make me feel different. Like if, if the, if the Phillies were to, to shock, uh, you know, do some more shocking and get past the NLCS, then maybe I'll ride with one of them or the Padres that they just, they just, just so hot, maybe. Um, but in my opinion, the Astros are just too deep and just do too much. And they're just great at both sides, hitting and pitching. I, I don't see too many teams being able to compete with that, but that's me. But let's move on. Uh, I did want to get into a upon further review segment. And uh, this week, uh, or this uh, episode, uh, of course, I mentioned before, I wanted to get into this because Aaron Judge recently broke uh, a record. Uh, he broke the AL home run record. And I just wanted to first off say congratulations. Uh, but in memory of that, or just in reference to that, or yeah, all that, whatever, uh, I decided to watch a movie based on the last home run king or the home run leader of the AL, at least. Because, of course, we know two AL batters, um, you know, more recently, of course, with Mark McGuire and then, well, even actually you know further after him we had of course Barry Bonds do their thing but of course you know the AL and the NL being split you know you got your you know you got your own little records and all that it is what it is it's a little bit confusing but you know uh for what it's worth for the American League the home run leader for a season had been Roger Maris that was set in 1961 and I'll kind of get into the drama behind that as I talk about the movie and a little bit about the history of what was going on because uh, it was a very interesting movie to say the least again um, the movie 61 talks about that season in 1961 in which he broke Babe Ruth's record that being Roger Maris uh, for of course home runs in a season Uh, and uh, it's you know just kind of seeing, you know, just kind of how, you know, the media was back then with players, uh, no social media. And, you know, you kind of get these, of course, it's Hollywood. So, of course, you know, they're 
you know, dramatized to some extent, but you kind of get a fair idea of what this player was going through. And uh, I will have to say, uh, you know, next to some of these, you know, stories, maybe like with Jackie Robinson, uh, those type of situations, um, and others kind of similar. Uh, this story right here, maybe Ali with his draft uh, situation. Uh, this story right here is probably one of the most intense and very unique in terms of how uh, they wanted to portray this guy. And um, long story short, uh, he still isn't in the Hall of Fame yet, despite what he's done. Um, and even outside of you know, breaking Babe Ruth's record again, which has been broken, uh, of course, recently by Aaron Judge, and of course, overall, we've seen you know Barry Bonds and of course, you know Mark McGuire do this. But you know, outside of that, you know, Maris was a seven-time All-Star, won three World Series with the Yankees, and two-time AL MVP. Uh, he also won that MVP award well, back to back. Uh, he won it the same season he broke the record. Was a Golden Glove winner. So he's all around a great player. He also led the league in RBIs two different times. Now, you know, his his uh, legacy, you know, say what you will, um, to an extent will always, it seems to me that it always will be kind of outshined by Mickey Mantle. Now, I'm not going to take anything from Mickey. Uh, we look at certain stats such as home runs. Of course, he, you know, has way more, uh, you know, way more home runs compared to Maris and stuff like that. And I've, and I've mentioned here, you know, one of my biggest things about baseball is the most important thing for a hitter is the, they only care about home runs almost. And if you're not a home run hitter, then they're going to look at your, your batting hand, you know. And that is what it is. Either you're a home run hitter and gonna, they're going to, you know, they're going to talk about that. Or if you're not a home run hitter, they're going to look at that average. Say, oh, he's always a 300 hitter. He's always just got da 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 Okay, so they drive two specific things on offense, and that's all they really look at, you know, when they look at a player. But uh, Roger Maris was so much more, and I feel like uh, history uh, does a does a, a unfair job, and well, it does a good job being unfair and really talking about uh, what what he you know accomplished, and in um, the movie even shows you that because even you know the media back then was you know he's not and again this is something that i i think you know affects you know certain athletes today uh particularly in the world of baseball now barry uh bond is one of them and you know of course the steroids accusations have some to do with that but also uh somewhat of you know his you know role with the press and how he got down with the press and um you know, that's one thing that I can, you know, equate with him and, and Maris because Maris, uh, you know, he was a it, he wasn't so much, you know, like Barry in a sense of he was vehemently just a rude guy. And just get out of my face. I don't really do cameras or, you know, asking these silly questions. It was just more so he was a little bit, you know, he was down to earth because he was a small, small town, uh, Fargo, I believe Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, so way far out of town. So he wasn't, you know, that wasn't his thing. He just played baseball, you know, to the best of his abilities. And he kind of just went home, uh, you know, and during the season, he'd, he'd go back to his apartment with his boys. And, you know, and he even had, had Mickey over there staying with him too for a while to help him focus. And, um, you know, and, and that's just who he was. He was strictly, you know, sports, go home. And, and then, you know, of course, uh, you know, take care of his family. You know, and you see that. 
And, you know, but the press, that wasn't enough for them. He wasn't the, you know, the superstar, like, Nano. He wasn't getting at all the chicks. He wasn't, you know, saying the great one-liners, I guess. And it was cold because, you know, as the season goes on and he gets closer, him and Nano uh, get closer because this is a whole, this is, you know, part of the story and part of the legend is that, you know, they were pretty much racing each other. There's, these guys are teammates, mind you. They're playing for the Yankees and they're in the midst of a playoff. They had, I think they won the World Series the year before. They're trying to, you know, go after it again. And, you know, and, you know, both of them, they're playing at the highest peak. And, you know, and again, like I said, you know, you don't want to take anything away from from Maris, but you see the whole time, you know, the press, they ask him questions like, well, how does it feel to be batting, you know, before Mickey Mantle, the power hitter and be getting, you know, and, and get these pitch, these type of pitches thrown at you or, you know, these types of plays thrown at you and, you know, kind of demeaning him. And, and even it got to a point where, you know, it. You know, and you would also see with the regular fans, too, you know, I guess because of, you know, the charisma of Mantle, you know, you just see, you know, a, a, a attitude of, of dismission of, of what this guy is accomplishing. But he's accomplishing it right in front of your eyes. He's sitting there hitting these homers. And, and I, for the most part, you know, they they either they did, you know, remain tied at certain points. But for the most part, Roger was at a lead in most parts. And um for what it's worth, long story short, because um, this is historical as well, Roger would end up, of course, beating the record. Of course, the record was originally 60, set by Babe Ruth. He, he hit 61. And this is the cold part because they were already kind of, in a way, waiting to do, the, to do this for whoever did it because it was this way to goal keep uh, or push the goal purse, goal purse, goal, goal post, excuse me, further. And they were already trying to go through this, the baseball writers, before, you know, the start of the season, or at least kind of, you know, as things, are, things started to develop, they were already saying, well, you know, it has to be done in 100-something games. I believe it was like 140 games, because that's the amount of games that Babe Ruth had to do it. So, even if Mantle or Maris uh, would have broken the record, they were going to put this actress on there, which they ended up doing. And it really didn't count for Maris up until after he passed away. That's the cold part about it. But mind you, had it would had it would have been Manta who did it, it would have been the same situation, you know. So there's that there's that you know you know that kind of mm, there you know. And then and particularly for Maris, because you already know the media is getting on them, the fans seem to not like them. They're sending them death threats for some reason. It's just baseball, taking it way too serious. And, you know, you're just like, wow, at the end of the day, if you don't even get it, you know, on this specific day, you know, they're not even going to want to count it like that. And mind you, to be honest with you, I thought that was all bullshit. I'm sitting here watching that scene and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because y'all knew what the rules were that, you know, the MLB or, you know, the, the two and the two leagues obviously decided decided to, you know, push the schedule to that. And they even tell you as they're talking about it, oh, well, you know, the, the, the length of the season was increased during Babe Ruth's time as well. And he, and you know, he ended up beating somebody else's record. So it's like, come on now, like you might as well just sort of just accepted it. And like I mentioned, you know, with all that being said, you know, coupled with, he wasn't, I guess the greatest of, you know, 
I guess, you know, spokespersons for himself. Like I said, he didn't have the charisma of a Mickey Mantle, but he definitely, you know, seemed to be serious to his craft. Uh, he, you know, he's he, not only was he overlooked for that record for many years, he, like I said, he hasn't even been put in the Hall of Fame. Seven time All Star, two time MVP, back to back MVP for that matter, broke a record, which stood for damn near 30 years, a little bit over 30 years. So, and of course, it, it, it took, and it took motherfuckers who was juicing to do it. Just be, let's be real. Damn, y'all don't give the man no love. How you lead the league in RBIs twice, the American League RBIs twice? Shit. I, I gotta be the one to ones, you know, I, we gotta be, we gotta give more love and put more, you know, respect on Roger Maris's name, y'all. Uh, that's what that movie told me. I don't see how you overlook somebody like that and you don't give him no love. You don't show, man. You and while he was a player, particularly that season of '61, they dogged him, they rode him. Oh, they was trying to see that man fail. And man, if it wasn't for Mickey Mantle having to pull out of weight out of the out of the race because he had an abscess on his hip from a flu shot, which is all real, mind you. Damn, I mean, they they really wasn't gonna try to root for him because they feel like they didn't have nobody to root for, you know, because they really wanted to root, you know, root for Mickey. At least the fan base, a lot of the fans had said it. Of course, you know, they immediately play all into that. They had him do all type. They, you know, they played Roger on a couple of cases. You see this, right? There's this, there's a scene where this fan. I don't know if all if this was exactly uh, true, but he had this scene where a fan was like, "Oh, can you sign this ball?" And he just hasn't put an X on it. And immediately the fan takes the ball and he goes up to the press and like, "This is what he did. He just put an X on my ball. He didn't even sign it." But like, that's what you asked for. Why you set him up like? So you see some old BS. I'm telling you, they try to do that, man. So and I've never. It, it was weird because I've never really seen if unless he was unless the athlete was I'm gonna be honest with you unless the athlete was somewhat political and on a, on a tinge of political that they didn't like or unless he was you know of a certain demographic sometimes and just kind of how he act and how he approached you know life and everything they don't like that but I've never seen him just I've never seen the media go after an athlete. That was just an act and just did his thing more than I've seen them do Roger Maris. And that's, I thought it was some bullshit. And that, and I'm not, if I'm not, you know, if I'm keeping it real, I think that's what has, has affected his legacy. Just that alone and how they dogged him and how they put him through the mud like that. Just, and you can see it in the beginning. Like, you can see this one sports writer, he worked for the team. He's like, oh man, he don't ever smile. Why should he do this? Why should, what the fuck? He's earning his, he's, he's hitting the ball. He's hitting home runs. That's how he's earning. He ain't got to smile all the time. He ain't got to answer all these stupid ass questions for y'all. I don't get it. You see, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't like that. But, you know, and it also, you know, like I said, made me want to put on for Roger Maris. So I'm on, you don't have to pay me. I'm on the Roger Maris, put him in the Hall of Fame defense committee. I don't give a fuck. That man earned it. And they try to really just do it his name dirty and, and that's pretty much what the movie kind of talks about good movie though good movie really well acted barry pepper plays uh roger maris i think his name is oh man um thomas jane uh he plays mickey mantle so really well acted uh for the most part uh, i just 
just thought, I mean, just looking at all he had to go through, I'm just like, that's that's kind of just janky how they how they did him. But like I said, 61, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, please do. It's an older movie, uh, HBO original, like one of them type of movies. So pretty solid, like I said, for what it is, if you haven't checked it out yet. And it's about some real history, too. All right, y'all. I'm going to uh, wrap this up for tonight. If you're looking to get in touch with me, I will leave my links available for you. Please be sure to check me out on YouTube as well. I got some content there. As far as what I got going on in the future, uh, we are getting closer to election time. So I got a special upon, uh, sorry, not upon for the review, but a special um Never out of bounds uh, segment, if you will. I'm gonna be putting on YouTube pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna be getting into race. We're gonna be getting into, of course, like I mentioned, the politics. So these different parties and even some of the esoteric, some of that, even some occult, if you wanna say that too. Yeah. So, um, so some deep shit we're gonna be getting into. Of course, we still have some more reviews I want to do. Uh, of course, we are in the midst of the playoffs for the MLB, so I promise you guys that. Of course, we have some college football movies I do want to get into, and um, I might even just get into the Godfather trilogy for y'all. Um, I'm just wrapping that up just to just 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 on my own um, for my pleasure. But I might just get into some you know some reviews for that. So. Um, I won't take too much of y'all time. If anybody hasn't told you yet, um, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at all y'all later.